0: That's one of the big things about craft beer, that it snuck up on the big brewers, you know, um, because they were quite hubristic um, about their prospects 20 years ago. Hubristic? How do you you spell that? H-U-B-R-I-S-T-I-C, I I think. Hubris. The act of being uh, overconfident and cocky. (laughs) Noun.
1: Oh, no, it would be a verb, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, etymology Thanks to Crymalt, Malt, local malt for local beer. This is Radio Brews News. My name is Pete Mitchum. I'm your host. And joining me on the airs today are the founding and current editors of Australian Brews News, Matt, did you hear me on the radio, Kierkegaard, and James, I got a new house, Atkinson. <laughs> not joining us not joining us this week is Cassie, my jokes are nowhere near as funny as profs, despite what she says, <laughs> O'Neill. Matt, good to be back. Thanks for holding the share for me. Uh, we, we missed
0: you, Prof, although Cassie did a, uh, a very good job of, of filling in. Um, as a guest commentator, and we're certainly going to be getting her back uh, when one of us is, is unavailable. Very passable. Although I did get a uh, hot tip uh, when the podcast came out. Um, She's got what? <laughs> I got a hot tip that Cassie may not be Australia's first female uh, Cicerone. Mm. Yeah. Who's claiming the title? Well, and, and, and to be fair, the person involved didn't claim it. It was somebody else from a very uh, interesting source, Um Well, one of the uh, large brewers, uh, someone who works for one of the large brewers, um, just very kindly uh, pointed out that it was actually Zara Pryor, who is the top dog for BrewDog, um, has been a a Cicerone since uh, 2014. And uh, that goes back to when she was working for BrewDog, because BrewDog invests very heavily in uh, staff training. So... She's Australian. She didn't get it here. So I guess Cassie can... St- well, although Cassie's Irish, so I don't know. So here it is. So
1: Cassie, Cassie's not from here, but got it here. Zara yes. is from here, but didn't get it here. So as far as I'm concerned... The title's still open. Anyone out there <laughs> Yeah, are there was any here and wants to do it here, the title is up for grabs. Are there any, any Australian uh, women who
0: got it while they were in Australia?
1: I do know. I think Roxy Roxy Bubis may, may – I don't know whether she's got the master Cicerone or, or just – I'm pretty sure she has got the um, –
0: Pia's got it now, doesn't
1: she? And Pia Pointon might too. Yeah. So there we go. We'll let, we'll, we'll let them duke it out to say who was first making news this week governments around the country are playing gangster rappers with the breweries and making it rain dollar bills uh guinness joins the hashtag me Too bandwagon uh, and the bum sniffers crack a couple of beer deals with some interstate rivalry thrown in and miller Coors gets set to throw the first stone um matt james there's a bit finally happening i, I think people have realized i can say radio brews news is back on now uh let's do deals and make news Exactly, Prof. It's been very
0: easy to uh, compile the news list for this week, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I listened to a, a very um, knowledgeable-sounding gentleman uh, on ABC Radio up there in Brisbane, chatting about uh, particularly the news that you guys covered very well last week with uh, with, with the Brewdog deal, as well as um, the South Australian government, as I say, um, throwing money around as well, um, Really interesting, Matt, because I, I think it's it's easy for, I guess, and um, look, I don't want to sound, you know, big noting, but, but for somebody, I guess, on a more strictly emotional level to look at it and say, that's really bad that the government's giving money to an international rather than giving it to a a local brewery, possibly, as you suggested, missing some of the advantages that can come from from just the fact that the wallet's open now and it's towards beer and and production in the local area um you know, to get the ball rolling
0: absolutely prof i'm just going to preface these comments because there seems to be some confusion about what my position is i think it's really exciting the brew dog is coming to brisbane okay so before i start getting emails saying that to stop bashing <laughs> the brew dog uh, as, as has been uh, my week um i think it's very exciting for brisbane I think it's a really great thing for beer drinkers and I think it does a lot for the local craft brewery scene. BrewDog is a fantastic brewery. They're making some great beers. They're very exciting. They contribute to the beer landscape in oh so many ways. But I can hold two thoughts in my head at the same time, believe it or not, Prof. Well, that comes with opposable thumbs, Matt. That's what I say. But, yeah, so look, I mean, it's a really exciting time for, for Brisbane and... But the Queensland government can't just say, hey isn't this great? We've got uh, Cameron Dick on TV having a beer looking like he uh, knows what he's doing with a really cool international brewer and do nothing for the industry. And the industry has had absolutely no assistance and yet Brisbane's beer scene is just flourishing you know despite the, the, the lack of attention and you know I guess comments like that draw oh you know, well if they're doing well why do they need government help? And you know I'm not talking about you know making it rain. Just even having the tourism, the state run tourism bodies, recognise that there is a craft beer precinct and putting that out the way that they've got brochures for the wine industry. Um, the, 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 the wine industry um, has a College of Wine Tourism up in Stanthorpe, which is fantastic, designed to benefit the industry and help it grow. Um, Queensland brewers can't even get an endorsement on their licenses to go to a farmer's market or a food festival and sell a beer to cover the costs. They have to give away no more than I think it's fifty mils at a time. Whereas wine the wine industry can turn up. That is my criticism of the brew dog deal. I've been sort of copping a little bit. I've been described as being xenophobic. Uh, Protectionist. Protectionist. Protectionist, uh yeah. <laughs> Unethical. I, 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 was, I was told that I was unethical because as editor of Brews News, I wrote an opinion piece on the ABC that was full of my opinions. So I, 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 I don't know what they think an opinion piece is, but it was an opinion piece that I was actually invited. No, I didn't ask them if I could write it. I was asked. Anyway. Love Brewdog. Love you guys.
1: Can't wait. My my thought too was that okay that that money was, was for a specific project. It wasn't to foster beer, you know, specifically in in Brisbane. And I guess the other side of that coin is well, what do you do then? Do you do you give ten dollars to every small brewery that's licensed as a producer in in Queensland, or you know, like how do you how do you turn that money into instead of giving it to the you know the overseas multinational? How do you give it to you know the small local independent family owned business without disappointing some of them? And that's the
0: bigger point. You know, like on one hand, government should be providing an environment in which industry can flourish and succeed. That doesn't necessarily mean giving cash grants to businesses. Um, look, I am absolutely sure that on occasions there is a reason that government can give low-interest loans, as Big Shed Brewing Concern got, and even, you know, a, what what is in government terms a relatively small handout, $50,000, to assist them with it. Um, and, and the point I made on ABC Radio this week is you've got, you know, like a, a brewery like CUB that makes 42% of the beer in the country. Um, their annual reports or their website says that they employ 1,600 people in their business nationwide. Now that's a pretty good-sized employer. Stone and wood, which makes 1% of the volume that CUB makes, employs 140. So that's not saying CUB is better or worse, but if government wants to create jobs, you can see that, you know, just the inherent inefficiencies in small breweries makes them really good employers. Um, you've, you've got brewers that are making, you know, Five hundred thousand litres with four or five brewers, so it is a good employer. And if you're looking at creating employment benefits, the government should be, you know, creating an
1: environment in which small brewers want to be setting up. Exactly, James. Anything to add on that before we move on?
2: Obviously, this week, the the pirate life news um, has probably been met with a, a more hostile reception from people in the industry, from what I've seen, um, questioning, you know, why the fact that. They, you know, since being taken over by ABI, it should really have, the government should have been looking elsewhere for for a company to give assistance to.
1: Yeah, particularly since the Port Adelaide uh, brewery was was on the cards and and was basically unaffordable until the AB InBev check landed, allowing them then to do it. thus, Yeah again, the average listener would look at that and would 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 hear that and say, well, that negates the need for you know a massive government injection of of capital because you haven't you
2: already got it kind of thing. Um, so it's it's same same but different. And the other thing is that they've sort of they've sort of said that they wouldn't have been able to do the full hospitality side of that venue without the assistance of um, of, of the government. but then you've got ABI very aggressively rolling out Goose Island brew pubs all over the world and i don't think they're skimping on what they're doing with those they're very impressive venues so um i think if pirate life wanted to do a hospitality venue you would have thought abi would make it happen
0: and that's where it's very hard and the media releases are designed to spin the decision and, and we saw that in queensland where you know, brew dog was the, the numbers over 10 years I think they're talking about 235 jobs being created for whatever assistance the government's giving. And I can't... I mean, I personally can't make those figures work in my head when you look at, say, Stone & Wood, which is the best, the easiest example. Um, They're upwards of 12 million litres. Currently, they are a nationally prominent brand, and they employ, I think, 140 full-time equivalents, maybe a few more, um, in all of their um, ventures where are the brew dog jobs going to come from to create that 235? I, I can only see it as being as part of their rollout of the um, brew dog bars.
1: Yeah, the hospitality side of things.
0: And I can't see that um, as being exclusively in Queensland, that, you know, the,
1: um, you know given that no, they've got no, 50 no. around the world, you're not going to have, you know, 15 in, in in Brisbane. Yeah, and you don't need, you know, you don't need 50 brand ambassadors, do you? And, and like you say, if, if if they do, they're not all going to be, uh, you know, wandering around the Brisbane CBD bumping into each other, are they? Yeah, to bring it back to pirate life, it's the same thing. You sort of think, well, if the numbers
0: stacked up for CUB, they would build that, you know, brew pub as part of it. And you have to take it for granted. Well, maybe that they wouldn't have if it hadn't been for the government. And then is it in the government's interest if they're trying to activate a precinct and make it, you know, like a fairly quiet or dead precinct to try to activate it um and make it more exciting having pirate life certainly does that um but then you you sort of start getting into the issue of you know should government be trying to pick winners um and do we leave it to government to try and pick what are the interesting and vibrant um industries to attract to, to a certain area because you can point to a whole lot of areas that are pretty woeful um when it's left to the government to to make those decisions
1: yeah. yeah, as we suggested, that it's been a while since I guess uh, we've we've associated you know government with handing out money to to breweries, whether they be be big or small. Um, it's even more rare that um, sporting codes have sort of embraced I guess the smaller end of beer. We've seen plenty of sponsorship for uh, you know VB for the for the cricket team and uh, you know Tuis for the rugby league state of origin team, 4x for the um, the Queenslanders. Uh, good to see two. Uh, announcements this week one with the uh, both in rugby union one for the waratahs and one for the reds which seems to be uh pretty good for um local breweries waratahs was it the waratahs or was it the wallabies i oh, was it? the end is the wallabies was it okay fair enough cool um so matt talk us through uh, newstead picking up because newstead i think have have had some is it some stadium sponsorship and now there's a, a specific um sponsorship through the the queensland rugby union <laughs> to be honest, I don't know.
0: I'd, the guys from Newstead posted photos. They started teasing it two weeks ago and started posting photos of the Newstead signage around the ground. And I said, oh, this is, you know, I've contacted them. This is great news. Um, guys, can you tell me about it? Oh, no, we can't say anything about it yet. Hold on. Well, why are <laughs> you posting on social <laughs> media? That's <laughs> that's probably not the place to keep it quiet. Um, and then we got the embargoed media release this week that was we were told that was being embargoed because the QRU wanted it, um, kept quiet until they had their big announcement. And (laughs) again, I thought that it had already been announced. Maybe this is why Queensland's doing so well at the rugby at the moment, because that's the level of the QRU strategy. But yeah, look, uh, apparently they are the craft beer supplier um, of the QRU. I'm pretty sure that that doesn't mean that uh, they're the official craft beer partner. So I'm presuming that Forex or one of the, the big brewers is still going to have a presence there but you know if you want to craft beer it'll be from Newstead um, and they're going to have a mid-strength in you know, a unique package to christen the QAU partnership and it'll be available at Ballymore Stadium alongside Newstead's Golden Ale, Pale Ale and other beers from its range so look you know exciting um, and to, to be honest despite the shit canning that there has been for Yenda um, and I certainly don't have a torch to um, bear for Yenda but if, if I'm going to a football game and I can get Anything other than a mainstream lager, I'm most likely going to choose it, and I think ultimately it's,
1: it's great news. Happy days, I reckon, and on the back of you know Gauge Roads deal at the, um, the Optus Stadium in Perth, um, Colonial Brewing Company with I think I'm pretty sure it's only signage and, and advertising, but at, at, um, at Essendon home games in AFL down here, I think it's just at Eddie Stadium for the, for their home games. Um, but at least as I say, it's it, you know the, there's a crack in the door. The door's open. Um, Gage Roads has
0: its uh, Sydney Rugby, Sydney Sevens sponsorship as well. So, yeah, look, it's all really positive signs. Looks like a groundswell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is it's great for, for beer because if people can go to the football and get exposed to it, it's great for these breweries. And the other thing is it's great to see these small breweries are starting to get the size and the scale that they can actually enter into some of these arrangements. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's there's nothing more frustrating um, as, you know, I, I do quite a bit, Prof, and I'm sure you do, that when you're sort of contacted by a food festival or an event and, you know, they, they want to get craft beer into it. But a lot of these events, a lot of these sports grounds are only economical if they get a big cash injection from their their sponsors. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, the the Commonwealth Games uh, on the Gold Coast is a great example. There's been a whole lot of breaking stories this week that Queensland Wine is being excluded, and uh, I would chip in and say Queensland Beer is getting excluded. In in the case, Forex is the sponsor, Um, and yes, Forex is a state brand, but it's owned by um, a foreign company. That's just not a criticism, just a statement of fact. The government loves to tout when they do a big event like the um, Commonwealth Games about, you know, this is going to be fantastic. It's going to put Brisbane on the map. It's going to put Gold Coast on the map. It's going to expose, you know, a whole lot of uh, our products to international visitors. And yet, in the pursuit of sponsorship dollars, they then lock out the small local businesses that could most benefit from that exposure. So any corporate event that's being held... Um, presumably, is only
1: going to feature 4X. Just on that, Matt, too, a, a quick shout-out to uh, a neighbour of ours from the Ecker from the last uh, five or six years, Justin and the crew there at, um, mm. at Fish Shack and Longboards, who I saw posted this week uh, are being forced to, you know, all take uh, RDOs uh, for a bit, the two months across the um, the Commonwealth Games. They're they're there in the um, uh, boardwalk, Queen something centre, wherever it is, where they one of their... Um, venues is uh yeah it's kind of closed off and having to all close down for the so is that, is that in a similar sort of thing because they're, they're not sponsors or, or is it is it just traffic traffic on the um, gold coast highway is
0: appalling at the best of times and the uh, trains that run down there are apparently crowded um, as well, so trying to get people from Brisbane down to the Gold Coast is going to be a nightmare. And then you see all of these impositions on small businesses that are going to close or take, a, you know, extended holidays because their the business yeah. has got to be closed. Um, you know, and God knows how much the uh, government shells out to bid for the Commonwealth Games and then to stage the Commonwealth Games and build facilities that are pretty much, you know, used once and then they become community assets with a much lower um, degree of use. I would much rather they, you know, God, God knows how much the uh, sponsorship would be for um, Lion, but I'm imagining it would be south of a million dollars um, given it's a you know two-week um, a- event. I would much rather the Queensland government forewent that pissy little amount of money and said, look, this is a great chance to get our local bolter." um Burley Brewing, uh, Black Hops, get those beers, you know, out before an audience, and you know, do some good with this money that we're already spending anyway. But th- these things are very complicated. Uh, to- despite that, very simplistic, because Peter Fielding from Burley Brewing is on the Commonwealth Games board. Um, so you know they've got a great person flying the flag but i think that's just the nature of any big event they need to chase dollars yeah Um, and i'd much rather see the government investing in uh adding a little bit of you know a a zero to the check to uh, make sure that small businesses get the benefit
1: so uh, if you're on the gold coast or if you're a local get down there and support those local businesses before they have to close down do them a favor
0: And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible.
1: What's in a name, boys? Miller Coors and um, and Greg Cook Stone Keystone Keystone, not Stone Keystone Keystone. Yeah, have you guys seen this one?
2: I have. Yeah. So um, I can I can kind. Of, I mean, I don't really think that anyone's going to be like. You know, actually confusing them in the marketplace, um, like he's suggesting. But I also think that, you know, they are taking the piss a bit. The way that they've, the way that they've, you know, done that, it's it's sort of it's moving away from what their trademark is, and it's encroaching on Stones for sure.
0: And that's where it's really interesting because James, I don't know whether you've seen all of the comments. uh I think it was late last year you wrote a story about Carlton Mid dropping its. um alcohol content and just randomly we get these people um, who have obviously Googled to the fact that you know, they, they've noticed that Carlton Draft is lower alcohol and they've Googled, they've come to our site and they've been posting these hateful comments about, oh, that's it, I'm not drinking Carlton Mid anymore, CUB, you've lost me, I'm going to go and drink Great Northern these days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and- we also received the same messages about Tap King, even though it was deleted about three years ago, which <laughs> yeah. sort of goes some way to explaining why Tap King failed if it's been three <laughs> years since they like actually used their unit and they've only now gone into Dan Murphy's to buy a replacement, um, yeah. you know, a refill. Um, and then they're sort of asking us, like, can we, you know, how do we get the refund? And I think oh, I think you've got Buckley's chance, mate. It's um, probably closed a couple of years ago. Uh, and I'm pretty sure
0: that we're safe at uh, bagging uh, those comments because I think it's fair to say that they're not listening to the podcast. But yeah, you know, so Prof, on you know, that hand you sort of think somebody is so upset that they don't want CUB getting any of their money because CUB has dropped the uh, ABV of Carlton Mid. I'm going to go off and drink another CB product. thats <laughs> I um, sort of think there is potential for confusion because the people who would be making that purchasing decision um, are fairly um, you know, unsophisticated when it comes to the mechanics of beer. The thing that I find interesting, though, is that I've seen a whole lot of ads that predate Stone um, stone Brewing um, that refer to Keystone as Stone. You know the Stone Zone was a football precinct. So and it, apparently it was a young person's beer, and so you know they did call it Stone um and shorten it to Stone. So it's it's going to be a really interesting case to to stand back and watch because they you know whether it's
1: um, trademark or whether it's uh, passing off. So where was Keystone? Was that like a national brand or was it a San Diego or or even? Southern California, or even California brand, or I think it's a cause brand from Denver, from the Rocky Mountains. I think that's that
0: was part of it. I, I like again, I, I can't, I, I didn't look that deeply into it because you know it's, it's something. Yeah. That, I've
1: just got the article up in front of me. I can't see, as so I wasn't familiar with with Keystone as a brand, and so I, I sort of reading it thought, okay, they've all of a sudden started calling it Stone, um, a, a, as a way of either thumbing their nose at 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 craft um, and and Stone brewing in particular uh, or whether it's just one of those you know pack refresh that that just happens to oh you know everyone calls it stone let's just call it stone but people were calling it stone before and and i've seen sort of point of sale stuff um call you know
0: referring to it as you know apostrophe um, stone that predating stone
1: when stone brewing opened up in 96 which was you know 10 or 11 years after keystone hit the market why didn't the owner if it was miller's cause then or an independent or you know whatever it was uh why didn't they say oh you know you can't call your stone we've kind of already got that as part of our you know uh ip well i, I don't think they did have it as their ip i think they just
0: referred to it and the the beer market has become much more sophisticated these days i think uh, you know stone probably wasn't even on their radar when they started because craft beer that's one of the big things about craft beer they it snuck up on the big brewers, you know, um, because they were quite hubristic um, about their prospects 20 years ago. And it's only been in the intervening period that craft beer has um, burst their bubble a little bit. Hubristic.
1: How do you, how do you spell
0: that? H-U-B-R-I-S-T-I-C. Yeah. I think. Hubris. The act yeah. of being uh, overconfident and cocky. <laughs> Noun. Oh, no, it would be a verb i think yeah uh, uh etymology funnily enough in, in the world of great coincidences um i'd seen a couple of tweets from greg cook last week greg loves to, to beat the drum despite stone being i think the in the top three brewers craft brewers in the in the u.s um and having you know two in, terms breweries in, the States. In, in terms of in terms of scale um yeah and uh, then also stone berlin um you know, he, he loves to sort of talk about you know keeping the faith and being honest and being having integrity and uh, all of those things and uh, there was just a tweet that I you know just sort of uh, rankled me a little bit last week where he sort of talked about um, insidious creep about how businesses might you know start standing for one thing and gradually sort of water that down and I just sort of tweeted him sort of uh, said you know insidious creep that's a great description for the gradual erosion of uh, of values does it cover? We will never send our beer to Australia, and then changing, <laughs> adding six months to your use-by dates, and sending your beer to Australia's longest warm distribution channel. Um, and he did, he uh, he didn't respond too well to that. He uh, he responded by sort of saying uh, uh, again, my uh, journalism. Uh, <laughs> Uh, ethics were criticised a number of times last week, but he just sort of said, good journalists would check their facts. Uh, bad journalists uh, just say whatever they want. Uh, hopefully you're the former. If if so, get in touch. And so I got back and sort of said, hey, mate, absolutely, I'd love to chat. You might remember that we talked about this six years ago and sent him a link. And uh, then he sort of, you know, made, uh, you know, thanks for checking in every six years. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but yeah, you know, again, the, the the interview that we did with him six years ago or seven years ago, there was no nuance to his statement. There was no room. No. All of the, you know, anything that he's likely to, to be saying has changed.
1: Was all canvassed, and it was no, I'm not going to do it. But, but, but he was saying back then. He was saying, look, please don't buy our beer if you find it there because we're not sending it here. But now that they are sending it there, isn't that a different?
0: No, no. well, see. Go back and go back and listen to the podcast, Prof, because he said, and I said, well, okay, I, I can understand why you don't want to send it. Why well, you don't want them drinking it grey, but there's obviously demand for your product. Why don't you send it over here? And he said, because it's too long a distribution. To send it cold will make it too expensive. Australia's already an expensive place to, to drink it anyway. Um, and, you know, just so people can have one or two bottles and then move on to the next best thing, and we're going to have a lot of beers mouldering on the shelves and going out of date, um, don't do it. Um, and I said, well, you know, isn't that for people to decide whether or not they're willing to drink stone that's, you know, been got four or five months on it's uh date and he said no if i saw you drinking my beer that had been warm stored for six months i would slap it out of your hand you know it was, it was just there was absolutely no room for nuance in in what he'd said in, in in my view so you know arising out of that i've now got an interview with him next week where we're going to uh, so beer is a conversation the week after it may well feature greg cook talking about huh. um sending beer so i had I, I thought i'd announce that scoop on uh, uh live but uh
1: so you, so you guys um, are obviously avid
0: uh, fans of
1: my tweeting. Yeah, don't mention me because I'm still friends with Greg Cook. All right, so just keep me out of it. I'm not great I'm, I'm friends with Greg <laughs> Cook. I'm, you
0: know, I, but I don't. <laughs> you, you know, you it won't was, be for
1: long if you keep that fucking attitude up. Well, no, I was, I was <laughs> posing a reasonable question. You know, like what, um,
0: what has changed? But I, I, I find it really interesting, and it's and it's true of um, now. This is not brew dog bashing. Just so anyone who's listening. But I found it really interesting for both Brewdog and Stone, who are two of the... Uh, you know, I, I see Brewdog as being inspired by Stone in a lot of ways, but you've got two people who talk about you know having this passion and this fury. They're also the people that seem to have very, very thin skins, and if you ask any questions, it's not... Their first response hasn't been to discuss the issue, it's been to criticize the person and you know use labels like ethics and xenophobia um, rather than actually talk about the issue and i thought that was a little bit interesting but anyway so uh greg cook we'll look forward to that if you want to see the tweet exchange uh it's on at goodbeermatt. like me i'm funny <laughs> he's and, here all week try <laughs> the veal <laughs> and to be honest it's probably the best place to follow me because i've only got 140 characters that's
1: a good one <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, Guinness joined the uh, the hashtag Me Too bandwagon this week and and uh, going to use Galaxy and Simcoe and Mosaic in their um is it their Hop House Thirteen Lager? Yeah, I hope it's, 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 not, actually, it's not the stout, um, is it, James?
2: It's definitely a new product, and actually, I, I qualify that by saying it's a new product in Australia. It was actually launched. Um, overseas in 2015 and it's gone absolutely gangbusters for them i was just reading um, just just this morning it's done really well uh, and has helped the company sort of i suppose temper the the decline of of its flagship product Um, guinness has you know lost a hell of a lot of volume Particularly in Britain, I think I saw that it's lost 50 million litres over the last few years. I think between 2008 and 2014, um, which is just really because it's it said that the article I was reading was saying it struggled to maintain its position as the stout. Um, I mean, it, there just would be so many other dark beers out there now, the rise of craft beer, um, and yeah, they're really feeling it. So I think the Brewers Project yeah, was- is sort of a you know a new range of beers that they you know just experiment and. Try new products, and this has been one of the more successful ones. I actually tried it on on uh, Friday, and um, it was quite an enjoyable beer. It was it was on the sweeter, fruitier side, very low bitterness, but yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I, I could definitely have a couple of them.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you guys in your sort of professional opinion: is it uh, the decline because it's uh, because Guinness as a brand is sort of seen as a as you know old, established, traditional, and and, and perhaps a bit beige, um, or is it because? Yeah, if I wanted to drink stout, that was one of my very few choices, and and you could get it you could get it everywhere. But now I'm moving away from it because there are so many more yeah, local offerings. Which is or is it a little from column A, a little from column B?
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a bit of both. I mean, I think it's really the same you know the same thing that has led to the decline, decline of Bud and VB and all of these products that even though Guinness is, is much more characterful drink than than those are. But um, I think you know, And especially for a company that only has essentially one product, um, that's that's why they've found themselves in a fair bit of trouble and, and have to sort of innovate and come up with, with new alternatives.
0: They have been one product. All products go through a life cycle. You see it with a beer such as VB. Um, but then also you, you need to look at, you, you don't see the faux Irish crack bars opening, uh, Crake, Crack? Um, <laughs> I know you know, Crack, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, Plastic McPaddies. Yeah, yeah. Plastic McPaddy's pretend Irish pub. To be you know,
0: sure. There was a time when every shop, you know, strip mall um, hat or, you know, every big party pub in town was designed around that, um, which in itself has seen the beer, you know, get a cachet about it, that it's not necessarily Irish, it's Irish party bar. And it's also a franchise beer. It's you know brewed twenty five places around the world. Everyone knows that it goes from Lion to CB to whoever whoever does it. Um, it was interesting to hear uh, Cassie's observations last week uh, about it. And I, and I think all of that goes to see its decline. You know, it's not
1: necessarily seen as authentic anymore. Yeah. In terms of uh, upcoming events, uh, the Brews Vegas program. Was released. Given that you are the local and and heavily involved in that scene, talk us through it. What can we expect this this year? What's new?
0: Mate, I was actually just uh, going through and uh, having a little bit of a look at it. It's uh, a very exciting uh, program. Yeah, the Bruce Vegas is Brisbane's showcase. It's in its fifth year. It's not for profit. Very much driven by the passionate champions of the industry, um, you know in in bars. But it's a really much a uh, all welcome. Sort of event, so I'm just going through it uh, at the moment. Crafty's up here with Pine of origin. Yeah, poo always, always popular. Always, and popular. it's good to say
1: that you know, um, in the last few years that you know, poo has travelled.
0: Um, scratch is doing some. You know, a, a lot of the, uh, the the really cool events are the ones where it's not just beer related, but they're looking at other creatives. And Brisbane has this really thriving uh, creative underground. So you've got the scratch, scratch's offspring, which is Netherworld, which is the
1: Pinny, pokey, pop culture, um, bar. That's... I wouldn't say pokey, as in P-O-K-E-Y, as in it's it's neat and, po- and it's got little pokey little corners, but not pokey machines. Sorry,
0: the, I didn't mean to say pokey. I meant to say pinny, um, pinball. Pinny, yeah. Pinny, you know, quarter okay games yeah, and sensation, not little really... um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, they do some really cool things. I think last year they did a, they turned the venue into, if you're into uh, role-playing games, they turned it into a role-playing um, game where you would turn up, get your uh, quest, and go off and fulfil the quest elsewhere in the in the bar. Which again, uh, really, really great fun um, taking over the whole event. So, um, and actually, another one that caught my eye was Topher Bame is up and doing some stuff at Craft, which is a they do very small events, but they're always really, really cool events. Looking at you know fermentation and you know because it's 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 a wine, beer, cider, and um, they look at the whole fermentation so yeah no it's great the the program's out jump online bruisevegas.com and uh pick your event pick your
1: journey excellent and i'm sure you will post a link to it on um in the the show notes i will and uh all you have to do is go to the bruise news and we've uh,
0: given them some advertising space so you can just click the uh, big banner at the top of uh, bruisenews.com.au
1: we're good like that. speaking of which in the mailbag this week people like what we do which is great and sometimes they even write in and tell us that they like it. Matt you um you sent a uh, shared a a letter that we got from Daniel Massey. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly one of the few that we get that's not from i guess a you know a, an associated brand or material supplier or whatever just from a, a, a business that's that's got nothing to do with beer so it was a, a pleasant change as well good to see that we uh you now we extend outside the um the circle or the, the bubble um hi guys really enjoy listening to you guys discuss the news as well as the in-depth interviews you do in Beer's conversation uh felt the need to write to you to say thanks for the brew dog interview matt did a really great job of asking some pointed questions and didn't let them get away with brushing the question i'll say be interesting times to head for the craft scene up in Brisbane. Uh, and he points out, one thing that nobody has touched on is the effect it will have on Phoenix Beers, who currently distribute the product. Uh, be keen to know their thoughts on the matter. Actually think some uh, beer as a conversation with some importers, distributors would be really interesting. Keep up the good work and looking forward to Old Man Yells at Cloud or whatever you decide to call that segment, which we will get around to. If we're just... Running it through legal at the moment, and uh, also I just keep I just keep batting away uh, requests from uh, one very prominent person in the independent beer biz who is almost paying me to to name names. So, and if you're going to do it, name names. I'm, I'm, right, so we, we've just got to have a bit of a production meeting about that, and we'll get well, back mate, to you guys. But no,
0: um, don't don't hedge. Who wants to name names? Uh, name names.
1: <laughs> Steve, Steve Jeffers. <laughs> Well, somebody's going to put said? their name to it. Then name it. <laughs> then name them. All right. We'll if it's in we'll a see. closed
2: group, though, where does that leave us from a sort of oh, so that, ethical, yeah, an ethical standpoint?
1: Yeah. Well, even in a you know, people you may end up meeting in a dark alley at a beer festival at some point in the future. Aspect to it as well. So, we'll just uh, not that I'm suggesting any of them condone violence or would uh, impart it upon us. But um, you know, you just never know, dear. Just when you're dealing with cockheads, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, so interesting. Uh, we have had in the past. We've we've spoken to quite a few distributors, haven't we, Matt? In back in the early days, maybe it's time to to revisit. And Phoenix might be a good place to start in terms of. Um, yeah, does it does it does it help them? that they, you know, they've now got, uh, in addition to a lot of their international brands, they've got an international brand that
2: is, you know, brewed locally. Are they keeping distribution, though, or is BrewDog then going to put its own people on and do it all direct?
1: That's what I don't know, but I guess if
0: you want to know what... Um phoenix think um you can pretty much jump into the comments section of Bruce news or even in uh, this week into my uh, linkedin profile to sort of uh, see they've got a couple of sales reps that seem to uh, take exception to anything that i say about brew oh jesus
1: there's again so I've uh, shout out to todd barrack who is a good fa- a good friend so can you not upset no, no I, I haven't upset pissed him todd. off as well no 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 i haven't upset todd that, that's that's why i can't work
0: out i you know i've always sort of had a great relationship with them but there are one or two sales reps who seem to want to fire up. Um, <laughs> I sort of mentioned but anyway um, that, that's the thing I would have thought that um, Phoenix which has at the moment Brewdog also has done great things with uh, Sierra Nevada has a you know look they were the place that I used to go to you know uh, for any Craft beers that were available in the country.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, same, same.
0: Absolutely, uh, you know, have driven the, the, the craft beer industry um, and have been great uh, distributors um, of these beers. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what the arrangement is with Brewdog, whether they'll continue to do it for a time until Brewdog um, engage their own sales reps. I think Brewdog does have a Sydney rep um, already, or they're working with somebody um, about that. But, you know, that's I think that's just the inherent. Um, nature of being a distributor. A lot of the small craft distributors talk about, you know, you sign a um, new brewery that starts up, you build it, um, and distributors really do invest a lot in the brands that they carry, as, as do the brewers. Um, and then suddenly a brewer will go grow, grow to a stage where they can afford to take it in-house and have their own reps. Um, and, you know, you get distributors feeling a little bit disgruntled that they haven't, you know, don't get to
1: reap the benefit of their work it's the nature of that relationship that yep. you know sometimes you, you start something off and then get well now i'm kind of standing on my own I'm, I'm past being a toddler i want to walk on my own thanks for your help but you know i'll take it from here um whereas others go yeah look happy to leave it in your hands and, and, and they chop and change you know from 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 one year to the next
2: it's a bit like contract brewing in that regard as well because as soon as you do a great job with you know if you're a contract brewer and you do a great job for a for a brand and they they build up their volume and they become profitable enough that they can build their own brewery then you've lost them as a customer the risk that you're going
1: to lose them yeah yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah i'm sure that phoenix is a sophisticated enough operation that they would have you know either planned for this brew dog have made no secret of their um plans in in, in regard to australia it's been a sort of at least six months or even longer that they've been identifying it. So, yeah, so, look, I'm, I'm absolutely yeah, they got a
2: huge portfolio as well, so I don't think that they would live or die based on losing, you know, one brand. Mm. Uh, and there are always new new players
1: coming onto the market that they could, um, you know, foster relationships with. Thank you for your
0: email, Daniel. He's left an address. A barblade has been sent to Daniel. Dispatched. So, yes. So if you would like your very own limited edition Bruise News barblade, Uh, shoot us a note uh, an email send us your brick bats or your uh, praises and when matt says
1: limited edition he means limited by how much you can sneak through the metal detector at the (laughs) airport Um, and for those wondering at home and i had to explain it to a couple of reasonably concerned looking blokes look i'm i'm going to make a big assumption here but i'm going to assume that they were from a um, non-drinking background and and had I had to do a lot of explaining as to what the purpose of, of the par blades were. Did so they work? Um, but I got them it, through. You? So yeah. So I'll I'll send. You know, if you if you if you're Melbourne based, I'll um I can send a couple from here. Um, so okay. yeah, they're limited only by the amount that Matt and I can carry on a plane. It, it's a little bit the same
0: when you go through. I, I did a p cruise last weekend, a food and wine cruise, and I had a. Couple of clipseal bags with freshly opened uh, Galaxy hops, um, and there was a bit of an aroma <laughs> around my bag. And when they saw the bar blades that I had in the um, in in the bag, they opened it, and suddenly they see three clipseal bags of green leaf material. And uh, yes, that took a little bit of
1: explaining as well when you're getting onto a uh, P&O cruise. Yeah, but uh, and thanks to our friends at P&O Cruises who um, who do have very warm hands, I believe, <laughs> <Matt>. <laughs> and are <they're> very <laughs> gentle. <laughs> that's it uh all right <laughs> Uh on that james on just that, got it. on that rather <laughs> unpleasant note uh we bring episode 158 to a close thank you very much to all of you for supporting us and don't forget to do all the usual things that we ask you to do see you all next week for more fun and frivolity on radio Bruges news thank you matt no worries prof love you dog. and thank you james no thank you prof have a good week <laughs> um, I'm off to uh, Amy Park tonight although it's probably the Melbourne rectangular stadium because I don't think it's a sanctioned NRL match it's a World Cup club challenge between the mighty Melbourne Storm and the Leeds Rhinos and I'm hoping given it's not um, a regular home and away season game uh, that rather than the mid-strength swill that is normally available I might even be able to pay $9.50 to have um, a schooner of furphy so wish me luck I'll let you know good luck prof
2: Roll out. To roll the barrel of the games all here.
1: And we're out.